1: This is the Busted Open Podcast.
2: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on
1: SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Open's podcast, the Masters Class. And we're here with our Masters of the Ring like we are each and every week. Don't forget, you get Busted Open Live for three hours. Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. But you get it seven days a week on the Busted Open Podcast and it's free, so tell your friends, subscribe, rate, and while you're at it, why not go to PodSwag.com bustedopen Open and get yourself some Busted Open merchandise just in time for the summer. But We're celebrating a very special holiday here on Busted Open, and that's Father's Day. I want to get some personal interaction with our hosts about Father's Day with their dads. Also talk about special father-son relationships in the world of pro wrestling. So, Tommy, I'll start with you. And I know we've shared our stories about our dads on the air many times on Busted Open. But uh, why don't you share a special story about your father here on our Father's Day special?
0: Uh, my father was a great father and my father supported his son and his son's love of professional wrestling. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, both my parents were very supportive throughout my entire career, but I mean, Hey, my father being a hockey fan and you know, the game being snowed out and then tell wrestling came on from the garden and then to taking me to live events and then to, you know, buying me wrestling magazines and getting me all this information about something that he wasn't really a big fan of, but his son was. And then, you know, Hey, there's the whole, uh, you know, ECW based out of my home and all these things, uh, that it was his home. It wasn't my home. And it was always very, very supportive. And the early years of your career, you're not, you know, making money or even as simple as I remember when I got, you know, took me 20 hours to get home because I was in my Mercury Cougar in a blizzard. And literally two days later, they, he bought me a truck for, you know, Hey, this is what you're going to do. I want my son safe. And I think that's, uh, cool. And you know, I, I owe him everything and I'm not the father that he was, um, because he was a perfect father. Um, the, for wrestling and for the topic where we're talking about most influential wrestling fathers. I think everybody's going to be different. And I know mine is, and my pick would be if he really is, um, gave so much to the industry and it was Dory funk senior. And though I never met the man, but if you think about it, I'm very close with two of his sons, uh, especially Terry and both guys did a lot for me, but, uh, I've done a lot of history uh, and also spoke with Terry about his dad. And, you know, his father was very, very big into charity and helping out the boys' club. And, you know, especially in Am- Amarillo and the youth. And then, you know, having his own wrestling promotion. And, and, you know, everyone talks about the days of Amarillo. But there's a bigger, besides what Dory and Terry have done, which I'll get into, but it's how many wrestlers came out of that that either Dory, Terry or Dory senior saw and then gave, and we always talk about this gave opportunity to, and I mean, Dave, you know, some of the guys, Stan Hansen, um, Ted DiBiase, um, Tito Santana, Dick Murdoch, Dusty Rhodes, they all were found or got their start in this little territory of Amarillo, Texas, which isn't that big, but they had their own weekly television. His father was a main eventer. All throughout where he went and but all these different guys came from the tree of Terry or Dory that they got their first start and they did it through West Texas State University where they all went there Tully Blanchard even though his father you know was Joe Blanchard in the business there's all these just different You know, If it's a tree and all these branches that went there And if you also talk about the influence Back in the day when you were the NWA champion You were the traveling champion You were the guy who was expected to draw the house And we hear of all these one hour draws of like Dory, uh, Funk, Terry Funk But especially with Dory in that generation But you were the NWA champion If you were the best And think about one father He produced two NWA world champions two guys who the industry thought you were the best um I remember literally crying watching Terry Funk at a 50 something year old man walking to his father's gravesite for ECW's first ever pay-per-view barely legal and making an an ode to his father that this is my last chance dad and he's crying at his father's gravesite and talking to his dad and listen man I I I can't go to my father's gravesite cuz I break down every time I just see it. And I don't feel he's physically there, but Terry did that on television for wrestling. He grew up in this business. So it's just when you really think about it, he you know, and unfortunately he passed away in the ring after a match, but I mean the whole Texas Death Match things that we're still talking about today really happened because of Dory Funk Sr. and that List of his two great sons And forget this should Never ever be forgotten in professional Wrestling Dory and Terry changed The industry when it came to Japan Americans Finally got over as baby Faces they broke down A cultural Difference They broke down what people Perceived Americans Were in Japan and that is a milestone because that's what I always say about this industry. They do things ahead of everything. And they literally went from the Americans or the guy jeans being bad guys to people loving them because they were so, so talented.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Mark, you know, there's been so many father son relationships in the world of pro wrestling, you know, which one comes to mind for you?
2: Well, um, there's two, but I guess I have to pick one. The one that I had the best match with was um, Bob Orton and Randy Orton. but that's who I had the best match with, and I've been in the ring with both. Um, but the one that i that I have to put out there is it's kind of the only fourth generation wrestler and and that is dave finley um <clears throat> i can't tell you how many matches i've had with dave finley uh 100 maybe uh working overseas working in the country pay-per-views you name it we did it and not only is he a wrestler and his son a wrestler But his father was a wrestler and his grandfather was a wrestler. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, shit, man. Like, where does that happen? Where you pass down four generations of wrestling. Imagine how simple wrestling must be for Dave Jr. How simple? And I remember when he first said, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrestle because Finley actually said he didn't want him to because he knew what he had went through and what his dad went through, what his grandfather went through. But he said he was going to do it. This is his birthright, so at this point. And I'm sure if Dave Jr. has a kid, there'll be a fifth generation wrestler.
0: His son is really, really good in the ring. And also, he has another son that's wrestling now as well. Yep,
2: yep. Oh, and and I'm telling you, man, like, my eyes welled up last week when he went down for his match because I was saying, a lot of people didn't realize it, but I did, is he had Finley shillelagh in his hand. He had his dad's shillelagh in his hand, and I was just like, oh, man. How good does he feel?
1: To be able to have that tribute to his dad.
0: That shoulder pad I was calling for. And when I saw it and uh, it was awesome, it really was. And if you really think about it, like that shillelagh, all that stuff, you carry that to the ring. It's almost like your family crest. And you know, you have a son, Mark, and I see what your son is doing. And I'm sure fit will, uh, feels the same way you do. We're friggin' you're in tears. And, uh, it's just because like you said, you shared the ring with him so many times. And when, as soon as you said it, I remember all the time that shillelagh hit to you. And how your friggin' predator dreadlocks would just go flying. Your sweat would go flying and you would get that knockout bump. And I, listen, I've been wrestling a long time. The first time I ever got in the ring with fit. And all I kept thinking about was when he hit me with that shillelagh, how much it's going to hurt and went in the back and I survived. Cause and he's such a damn pro. That dude told me a joke
2: <laughs> in a, in a hold and at one point he was he was doing like this and i was In like i thought he was you know with his hand i'm, I'm choking the shit out of him and then I, I i thought he he was doing this like cinch it up and i i mean i i gave him one he went oh i was like and he kept doing it then he switched hands and he was doing and i said what are you doing and he was like I'm dribbling a basketball, but like he's playing, entertaining himself <laughs> in the middle
0: of the match, popping himself, and waiting to rib Dylan Hornswoggle. So that's all that matters,
2: <laughs> bro. I'm talking about wrestling is simple to him. Yep, like he don't think about it, and 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 go go to go to Fit Fin and say, hey, what you want to do? He's like, Just go out there. I don't know what's the. F- What's this? What's that? Once you know the particulars, you don't have to think with him. You just go out there
3: and y'all just do it. This is one of the reasons why I don't use the term worker anymore when it comes to wrestlers. Fit Finley, David Finley, was a worker. Workers can go out there and not know a damn thing and just play off the crowd. Yeah, We communicate with one another. We go out there and we work together and And there are not a lot of workers like fit finley anymore no there's not and at the age that he is uh if i'm
2: 51 he's got to be 58 and i guarantee you he can go in there right now and have a match with anybody in AEW, anybody in wwe in any company in the world and kill it absolutely kill it and that comes from his father and his grandfather and now it's passed on to his son so that's why i picked dave finley
1: well 15 years from now mark before wrestlemania when Jacob Henry's in the main event for the world heavyweight championship, we'll be doing this master's class. He'll be saying, Oh yeah. his father was WWE hall of Famer Mark Henry. I have a feeling that's going to happen. Uh, bully. How about you?
3: Well, you guys have been trying to get me to cry for a long time. And this might be the episode
0: where are my so, classes.
3: So, uh, yeah, as far as the father and son, uh, you know, tandem that came to mind, it was going to be one of Mark's picks. Was Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. and obviously Randy Orton, and obviously this Cowboy Bob Orton Senior. If if memory has serves me correct, you guys would know better. Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. and Randy Orton only father and son to ever main event WrestleMania.
2: Probably. Yeah. I think Cowboy so.
3: Bob Orton Jr. main eventing WrestleMania one alongside Roddy Piper. And Randy has main evented a couple of WrestleManias, right? Yeah. Several. Yeah. So we all know the worker that Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. was. And the three of us cannot speak any higher praise to Randy Orton than we haven't already done on this show, on this podcast several times. Uh, Randy Orton, probably one of the best, if not the best worker in the world. Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. was a great worker. Underrated heel also. Very underrated heel. So that would be my pick for father and son team. As far as personal uh, experience is concerned, like you know, I'll never forget the first time my dad took me to the Ridgewood Grove Arena and we saw wrestling there and saw the wild Samoans and Jimmy snooker and, and uh, Andre the giant. And uh, I, I've told my WrestleMania three story where my dad and my uncle t- took me to see uh, WrestleMania on closed circuit TV at the Nassau Coliseum. And when we were walking out, my dad said to me, he said, Mark, what did you think of the show? And I said, don't worry, dad, that'll be me someday. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was like a moment that was just cemented in my memory forever. Uh, I'll never forget my last night with ECW in the Elks Lodge when me and Devon were leaving ECW to go to the WWE. And on the last night, we won the ECW World Tag Team Championships for the eighth time, which was unheard of. The place was shocked. And then by the end of the night, Dreamer and Raven had beaten us for the tag team championships. And when the cameras went off the air, I remember cutting a you know, giving a farewell speech. And my dad and my sister were there. And there was a there was a stage at the Elks Lodge that we reserved for VIP. And my dad had a smile on his face. That was so freaking big. He didn't have to say a word. But I knew how proud he was of me. He was so happy for me. And I
0: remember it too. And Gina was your sister standing on the chair beaming. And she's always been in your corner too. But man, I remember that. I could see his face, I could
3: see his beard. And, uh, you know, growing up, Italian, New York, not a lot of, you know, in type of family we came from, you know, you'd never shown like, you know, a ton of like love and affection. I'll never forget performing at Monday night raw. My mom had passed away. And I was. Pulling into the, where the Falcons played at the time in Atlanta. And I was turning down the street and, uh, I was on the phone with my dad and for the first time or the first, the first time I could remember it, he said, all right, Mark, I'll talk to you later. Good luck tonight. I love you. And I was like, so taken back because I don't ever remember him saying those words, but I knew how proud he was. And the last story I have with him was, he had come to see me perform at Madison Square Garden. And after have the show was over. I took him to scores. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually just went to scores to have dinner. And it was me, my dad, and I think two other friends were there. And we had dinner and drinks and, you know, scores is a pretty expensive place. And my dad asked for the check. And I said, don't worry, dad, it's all taken care of. And he's like, what do you mean it's all taken care of? I want to pay the bill. And I'm like, dad, trust me, it's 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 all taken care of. And he's like, no, 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 I want the bill. I want the bill. And he was making a big, like, issue out of the bill because he wanted to pay the bill. He wanted to take me out to dinner and my friends out to dinner. And we almost got into an argument right there in the middle of the restaurant at Scores. And he goes, I don't understand. How come there's no bill? And I didn't want to say what I said to him, but I said it because I knew that it might for the, he might, it might resonate with him, but I knew it would come across a little, Ego-ish. But it was the truth. And he says, how come there's no bill? I said, dad, because I'm Bubba Ray Dudley. And I didn't mean it to sound, I didn't mean to be a dick. I meant to say, dad, your son made it. And sometimes we don't have a bill. So enjoy the ride. Because it ain't going to fucking last forever. So there you go, guys. You finally got your tears.
0: Total sidebar. I had uh, told your dad that the bill was 500 and he gave me the cash, and I pocketed it. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Um...
0: Losing weight has shown emotion from Bully Ray. Well, you I, made I, us all I, cry, you fat bastard. Gain some weight.
1: I appreciate, I'm, but you 280,
3: but you're, 282. I look pretty good at uh, always ready, right?
0: You did,
1: but bully, Dave. Really unfortunately,
0: bad. now you have to
3: speak.
1: I, I you <laughs> know, I, three I blubbering lie, but, uh, idiots talking about Vern Gagne and Greg Gagne ain't gonna cut it. But uh, <laughs> the one, the one thing I'll say to you, bully, is, and the one thing that, and I think you know, especially you sharing that story, can appreciate you are able. To, to show your father that you had made it. You know, that's such that's so amazing that you were able to do that, that, you know, you walking out of watching WrestleMania three at closed-circuit TV with your dad and your uncle and you telling your uncle, like, you know, one day that's going to be me, and then to be able to actually do that, and for your father to be able to share that gift with you, that's a blessing, man, that, you know, that you were able to see that come full circle, so... That's that's awesome.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm sure that we all wish our dads. Uh, oh, I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, Dave, and you, Mark, but are your dads still around?
1: No, my yeah. my dad passed a long time ago. Yeah, so I, I
3: I'm sure we all wish that our dads were still around. Yeah. Uh,
1: no. Thank you guys for sharing those stories. Thank you, Bully, uh, for sharing that emotional story and. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Busted Open Podcast. As I always say, you can listen to us live Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon on SiriusXM Fight Nation. But I think you can tell why you definitely need to subscribe to the Busted Open Podcast because you can only get the master's class. And thank you for listening to Busted Open's The Master's Class right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Earley. The digital producer is Gabby Pisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Marissa Rivas is the director of Fight Nation and Sports Podcast. Special thanks to Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcast, the legendary Steve Cohen.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?